Hi, and welcome to Finance Matters, a podcast series where we bring you bite-sized thoughts, stories, and inspiration in the hopes that they'll be useful to you on this road we're all on to do our best and be our best in the realm of financial matters here at UVA. I'm your host, Brandy Van Ormer. And I'm Patty Barbary. And we're coming to you again from Zoom land to, <laughs> to talk about um, a new topic today that is one that we've sort of had rolling around the edges of all of our conversations lately. It feels like every time we meet with colleagues, this comes up in one way or another. The new world that we live in um, is causing us to feel uncomfortable in some ways that the longer it goes on, become easier to define. And so Mm -hmm. when I ran into an article on um, the accidental creative, which we'll link that in the show notes below the podcast, the author had identified those points of discomfort so well that Mm -hmm. I thought it would be good for Patty and I to use that as a jumping off point to talk about some of those things that maybe have started to chew on the edges of you a little bit the longer we've been (laughs) in quarantine. (laughs) Yeah. And we had already talked about some of these things too. Yeah. I I feel like every time we talk, there's some kind of discussion of being vaguely uncomfortable and and acknowledging how weird things are. And Mm -hmm. the longer that the pandemic response goes on and the more normalized these things get, it feels like it gets weirder and weirder. And Mm -hmm. it's not just uh, something we're doing for a little while. Yeah. Becoming a extended new way of life kind of thing. It was, it was strange because uh, we went to a restaurant um, in Blacksburg when we were there uh, helping our daughter who just graduated from Virginia tech. And um, it was the first time my husband and I had, and probably the two, uh, my daughter and her roommate, we, we took them out to lunch. And it was probably the first time they'd been at a restaurant, too, in a while. Um, but the, it was the weekend that the restaurants opened again. Mm-hmm. And, um, but it was only outside seating, socially distant, people were wearing masks, all that stuff. And my husband and I both were like, we feel so exposed. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I've left the weird... cave of my house. <laughs> right. It was a really weird, scary almost feeling. And um, yeah, it's just strange. And so to think that we're so now accustomed to this new way of doing things that to do the things that we just did before and took for granted sort of that we could just go to a restaurant and not, not feel strange. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, that that was something we do like every, every weekend or every day. And then now it feels like, oh, this is so weird. So that's a really good example of the discomfort. And I'm going to give one that will seem really petty in comparison, but I think it's good to talk about even the small things because I think they add up to make you feel a little disconnected and disenfranchised, I guess. Um, Uh One of the things that the author of this article brought up is that it feels like so much has been subtracted from our lives. Yeah. So we're going to, my comment and my example is going to go on the idea of subtraction. Like you said, you feel like that's not been the going to a restaurant has not been a part of your life for so long, that it feels weird to do it. 
Um, yeah. I realized as I was driving my car to pick up my groceries the other day that uh, I haven't filled up the tank since March. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Which felt weird on it, the face of it, but also I love my vehicle and I love the way that my Bluetooth syncs. I love the Spotify channel that play, that I play while I'm in my car. I love yeah. that this is getting driving. Me. Yeah, driving. I love yeah. my heated seats, have my, my toasty back while I'm driving. Um, and that's just something that I don't get to enjoy now. Mm -hmm. And it's really small, but yeah, it, when you add up all those small things that you took for granted, like you said, Patty, that have been taken away from your life in this moment, it can make you feel a little bit depressed, I guess. Yeah, and, and you don't even realize how much you miss them. Right. And, if, and of course you say, I will never take for granted again. And you know you will. Like. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, so, I know that eventually, um, after I've been back at, uh, in the office for a few months, I'll forget that I ever wanted to come back. <laughs> 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 but right now I'm like, oh, I'd really like to wear a pair of heels and I'd like to wear a mask and sit in Patty's office and eat her starburst. <laughs> I guess I'd shove them under the mask. As long as you're six feet away from me. Yeah. <laughs> so some of those, those small things that we took for granted um, have been taken away from us. And then bigger things, Patty, like I think about you and your daughters mm -hmm. and not getting to go to graduation and things like that. Those are bigger things yeah. that make you feel like you're missing out. Yeah, I was really uh, sad the day that her graduation was, you know, that um, we, they had a virtual ceremony, just like UVA was going to do. And um, they had her school ceremony the night before, the College of Natural Resources and Environment. They had that and it was really well done, but it just made me sad. It made yeah. me feel like they were missing so much and not just they, but we were missing, or her parents, you know, and other yeah. parents. That's a big marker in life that you want yeah. to have. Right. And so, um, so I felt really sad that day. Uh, and <laughs> that's, that's a point that the author, uh, Todd Henry, made, is that it feels like right now good things keep getting taken away from our lives mm -hmm. without the opportunity to add something new to the mix to sort of quote unquote make up for it. Because there are only so many extra things it feels like you can experience within the confines of your house. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll tell you along the same, um, he goes on to talk about how um, instead of, he, th he says, you know, that everything is subtraction is a lie that we are telling ourselves. Yeah. And to, and to start thinking about things that have been added instead. And I'll give you a good example of that based on um, this graduation thing. So my daughter and her friends, um, and I saw this all over like other people's um, um, Facebook pages and things like that. So uh, it wasn't just my daughter and her friends, but a lot of people were doing this. They took some really cool graduation pictures that I know they, with their cap and gowns, that I know they would not have done had they had a regular graduation. Yes. So, um, just really good and good memories um, that they'll look back and say, that wasn't so bad. And, um, and that, yeah, we had that, that weird celebration, 
it wasn't a normal walking across the stage, but yet it was really fun and cool. It, Natalie describes their time in quarantine as fun. <laughs> so um, That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, she says, I think she has some good memories. She was there with her roommates um, and a couple of other friends and um, they, you know, I'm sure did a lot of partying and stuff like that. And I mean, within their own small group and, um, you know, just had some really bonding experience that will last them forever. And similarly with my other daughter, she was going through officer um, candidate school in the army and graduated and, and had the same, you know, taken away, but yet formed some really strong bonds, which she probably would have formed anyway. But during this time, um, that, you know, I think they'll look back on it and realize that they really went through something big together. Absolutely. And when you really look for those things, mm -hmm. the, the things that have been added to your experience that you wouldn't have had if we weren't in this situation, it can be very encouraging. I think about the number of times that you and I and a few other colleagues tried to put together a happy hour mm -hmm. and we couldn't get it done most of the time because of busy schedules and the fact that I have two little kids so mm -hmm. and, and a spouse who travels a lot. So I'm usually the factor that makes it difficult. <laughs> not, not that you're not drinking. <laughs> no, I, no, I'm totally drinking <laughs> because of same situation. But, um, <laughs> but it's been, I've actually had more social interaction. This makes my life sound desperate. <laughs> I've actually had more social interaction since the quarantine with my colleagues than I normally would be able to get because I can be home. Yeah. And we've gotten to sit and drink wine and giggle and talk about some work things too and have nice little after hours times together. And it didn't really mm -hmm. require any extra effort. Mm -hmm. And although I really love the time, that I am in my car that I was talking about and I'm driving over the mountain, listening to my Spotify channel or podcasts or whatever, um, without commuting time every day, that's basically a whole hour of my life that mm -hmm. I can do something else with. Yeah. Yeah. Um, one of the things that I think a lot of people are doing and, and I've started doing is um, every other week, we have a Zoom call with my family, my uh, brothers, sisters, nieces, uh, my daughters. It's, it's all of us, our extended family. And um, it's been really great. And we can all get, get there because yeah. we don't have anything else to do. You don't have anything else to do. And it doesn't require any planning. Everybody's at home. You yeah. Just log in and there you go. <laughs> yeah. And so, uh, so a couple of weeks ago, I, um, we've been having, we, we have these family things every other week. And so, um, a couple of weeks ago, my brother, my oldest brother said, um, asked us to ask, I think it was him that asked us to share what we would continue doing, um, even after this is over. Or, or I think it was my sister-in-law that said that. And then my oldest brother said, well, I, I would want to continue having these Zoom calls yeah. after. And so, so we all went around talking about what we would want to continue doing. Um, so it was this whole idea of, 
yeah, not everything has been taken away from us, but we've actually started doing some things that, um, that we would want to continue. And so my other sister had um, that she, she was doing uh, paint by numbers because it's really popular now, like oh, that's paint by numbers um, with acrylic paints and stuff. And they're really elaborate, just like the adult coloring book kind of thing. And um, so she's made some really cool things that she and her daughters have done. And, um, and um, she said, you know, she's turned off the news and started like putting music on and drinking a glass of wine and doing this painting stuff instead of what she used to do. Um, and so just things like that, uh, exercising more, um, just a lot of things that I feel like yeah, you can add into, we, we did that yesterday, you and Angela and I were talking about things that we would kind of miss when we had to go back into the office. My, and, my contribution to that conversation was that I would miss an afternoon nap. <laughs> because often I start my day really early before yeah. my girls get up. And then um, when I have to put the little one down for a nap in the afternoon, I usually will steal a few winks with her before yeah. I come back. To That's the nice. Yeah, that's nice. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be afraid I wouldn't get back up. <laughs> <laughs> well, one time I, so one thing that has happened in quarantine is that I've um, been for the first time late to a meeting because I fell asleep. <laughs> that had never happened before. <laughs> I, I showed I up that, with like I think glass I might have been in, in my meeting. head and everything. <laughs> I think I might have been in that meeting. Um, but uh, it's, it's not to be cliche about it, but yeah, we have kind of been forced into a little bit of a slower pace. Because you're not yeah. taking your kids back and forth to activities. Yeah. You aren't going back and forth to any extracurricular things. Um, yeah. You might find that your evenings are somehow longer and you have more time to experiment in the kitchen or sit with your kids and talk about things that aren't homework. Yeah. There are lots of really interesting positives that actually have been added back into our lives. And some we won't be able to keep because there are things that definitely will start back up and life will get yeah. back to quote unquote normal. But like you said, Patty, there are things that we've learned to appreciate more that we will want to keep and maybe value yeah. more. Net Netflix. Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I should link in the show notes to our wonderful um, culture crew related post. Oh, you should. Cause about, there were a lot of good ideas yeah. of to watch. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the, our UVA colleagues got together on a big uh, social hour type Zoom call and we all shared what we've been watching and there were some really great suggestions. So yeah, I'll link that in the show notes. Um, I think what happens, it's just, it's a, an example of what happens in life in general is that when you stop and really think about it, you get a clearer picture of what's really happening. Mm -hmm. It's easy to just notice the things that you've had taken from you yeah that's most apparent it's yeah. harder to put your finger on the things that are new and good so as the author of this article suggests um a little time reflecting on that would be good for all of us that's kind of what we're doing here in the podcast you know thinking about the the good things that you've been able to do or the good things that you could do now mm -hmm. that you are in a yeah. different situation because I think we all go through or have gone through this experience at a different rate. Probably I think by and large, our experience as a society has been fairly similar. 
you know, in the first couple of weeks, we were like, woohoo, working from home. This is crazy. Look at this. And then yeah. we all got used to it. And then we started noticing all the things that we missed. Mm-hmm. And then it sort of started to feel normal, but still uncomfortable and weird. Um, so those things are similar, but people out in the listening audience may be in varying degrees of feeling uncomfortable you might actually be feeling a lot of anxiety still right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you haven't been able to fully inhabit this new world that we're in because you're mm-hmm. uptight and worried about things. And that's a yeah. valid response. Yeah. But anyway, just encouraging folks to think about the fact that it isn't all just subtraction. There have actually been some really positive additions. Yeah. And it's not about like trying to be glass half full kind of person or trying yeah. to be positive. We're not being Pollyanna. <laughs> right. Um, just It's just more about, <clears throat> um, I don't know, try to find the silver linings kind of thing. Well, and it actually Todd Henry made that point. And that was, I think, the thing that made me want to have this discussion on the pod was that he made the point that it's not about just being relentlessly optimistic. It's about being realistic and optimistic. And he, He had this example of a Navy admiral who had been a prisoner of war in Vietnam. And this gentleman was talking about the POW captives who survived. And he said, they weren't the pessimists. They tended to succumb, but it wasn't the optimists either. They also Mm -hmm. had higher rates of death. He said it was the realists Mm -hmm. who survived the best because they were able to be realistic about the difficulty of their present circumstances but also maintained hope for a better future Mm -hmm. and that makes sense to me um i am not in anywhere near as bad of a situation as being a prisoner of war but yeah it makes sense that if you're pessimistic the experience is going to be worse because that's just a drain on your energy But also being relentlessly optimistic and consistently having life prove you a little wrong in that way. (laughs) Yeah, it can be disappointing. Yeah. It can be, yeah. You're just setting yourself up for disappointment. Yes. Yeah. And it almost becomes like a form of madness if you can't see that the world doesn't always work out in the best way. Yeah. So this idea that you can be realistic about your circumstances and have hope for a better future makes perfect sense. Like that's a good way to balance it out. And this was part of his discussion of talking about the quote unquote new normal, which is something Mm -hmm. we hear a lot in the media. Um, Everybody's getting on that bandwagon of, well, this is the new normal. Mm -hmm. And it's easy when you get in a situation where things are strange and new and different 
to think, well, I guess this is what we do. We'll be here forever. I'm never going to drive my car over the mountain again. (laughs) Yeah. Well, especially when you don't know when the end is. Absolutely. That is a good point. Right. Yeah. If you had an end date to shoot for, it'd be Mm -hmm. one thing, but we have no idea. And so it's easy to just feel like this is the way I will live the rest of my life. (laughs) Yeah. And even though there are some really great things about it, that would be problematic for a lot of us. Right. I mean, it's like that whole idea of going to the restaurant and being like, this is weird. (laughs) Yeah. But it did change, right? Right. And we only have all of history to show us that eventually everything will change. Right. Um, But it was funny because in that in that family Zoom call that I was t- talking about, I was sharing that story of going to the restaurant and, and um, feeling very exposed. And my one brother said, what's a restaurant? <laughs> that sounds cool. <laughs> what do you do there? <laughs> so, so it's like, um, just, but yeah, I mean, thinking about, okay, this is the new normal. I've, we've had a lot of conversations too, you and I, and then I've had this conversation with other people too, about what sorts of things may change though, that mm-hmm. he would say it's, it's the new normal, like just culturally things that might change. Um, and, and we hope that maybe some of these things will happen, right? Yeah. Like um, maybe this is the experience we've all been waiting for to really illustrate how much flexibility you can have in work and still get things done. Yeah, right. I mean, some work-related things may change. Uh, I've heard talk of, not not at UVA, don't get excited about this, but um, just in industry about going to four-day work weeks. Absolutely. So it's easier for people to, um, UVA, President Ryan, if you're listening, that I think that would be a great idea. <laughs> Um, I'm sure he listens to every. Episode. I'm sure. I'm sure he does. I <laughs> probably can't wait. <laughs> um, um, but just to enable um, the ability for people to be uh, for people to be able to go into offices and be socially distant, so that there could be like different shifts and things like that, or um, everybody working at least one day a week at home. You know those kinds of things. Well, in one case in small, I think of is we have a great big meeting that occurs every month at UVA or in the finance world called Mm -hmm. fiscal administrators. Mm -hmm. And they're a really important group. We always want to get together with them to get feedback on things and to tell them about new things that are coming out of central finance. And the entire list of that group it's membership across membership, quote unquote, across grounds is about 600 people. Every time we would have the meeting physically um, in a central location on grounds, we'd have about between 50 to 70 people. Consistently, since we've been having that meeting on Zoom, we've had twice that because yeah, more than twice that. Yeah, like, more than twice, twice that because you yeah. don't have to park your car or walk or interrupt your schedule to physically go to a meeting. Yeah. We've had lots of great participation and we've talked about how once things quote unquote go back to normal, maybe that's mm-hmm. a thing we'll keep is having that meeting yeah. in with Zoom. Yeah. So so I think, you know, um, that he t- in this article that you're going to post, um, he talks about the new normal sort of being a lie and like don't 
tell yourself that everything's going to be that this is the new normal that we have to live with. And, and he talks about how, you know, our ancestors went through depressions and, and wars and things like that. And did we ever say we're going to be in this forever? But, no, but I'm sure when the bubonic plague was sweeping through Europe, they thought, well, this is the end and this is how it's going to be forever. Right. Well, and so many things can feel like the end when Absolutely. you, if, yeah, you get too wrapped up in all of that stuff. But, um, um, but I think some of the things that we do normalize might be for the better. And so I don't really th agree with everything as the new normal as being all bad, you know, so. Absolutely. So I think that, that there are some things that, that we should say, oh yeah, we started doing that then. And maybe we should continue doing that. And, and I think that's part of you being that realistic optimist. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Taking the situation for what it is and realizing the good things that can come from it. Yeah. If you're somebody that doesn't like people to invade your personal space, maybe the new normal is socially distant. <laughs> yeah, this is for you. <laughs> oh, introverts. Welcome to the new normal. <laughs> so um, at the end of the piece, um, Todd Henry gets into a little bit of specific advice for how to remain realistic and optimistic during a difficult mm -hmm. time. Yeah. So we might just chat about those before we signed off for the day. Um, mm -hmm. These, and these are really about, it's, it's three little suggestions that are very in the moment and very practical uh, suggestions that you can take to get through the now a little bit better without feeling so subtracted. And so, mm -hmm. Um, without perspective where you can't see a way out of this. The first thing that he suggests, suggests, and a lot of these are grounded in the work that you do, is to set small goals and hit them. So I thought that was interesting because um, we talk a lot about productivity and progress and goal setting and all that stuff here on Finance Matters, but the advice here is a little bit more immediate and in the moment to mm -hmm. set goals that you can accomplish in a way to keep your momentum going and keep you feeling positive. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Then, don't try to, he says, don't try to aim for the big goals right now. Just do the, just set small goals and make sure you accomplish. Right. Because the big goals might be a little harder right now not because mm -hmm. of the situation itself, not because you can't accomplish something because you're not physically in the office, but big goals might be difficult because of the uncertainty of the situation. Mm -hmm. So hitting the smaller goals can definitely yeah. be a motivator. And they're but, usually, smaller goals are usually part of bigger goals. And so. Absolutely. You're making progress. And yeah. a lot of people have said, um, just in passing, some of our colleagues have mentioned that during the quarantine, they've been able to get to tasks and development type opportunities that they hadn't before, because we yeah. do have a little bit more give in our schedules now with no travel time and fewer unnecessary meetings and mm -hmm. so on and so forth. They have a little bit more flex and they find themselves getting to that thing that was at the bottom of the to-do list that really mm -hmm. is necessary that you kept putting off. Yeah. Or learning a new skill or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, those small goals right now can be really important and you've got time to do them. Yeah. 
Um, he also mentions engaging in unnecessary creating. And this makes me think of your, um, was it your sister-in-law who did the paint my numbers? Yeah. 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 Making something just for yourself. A lot of people are making bread. <laughs> oh, dude, I wish they'd send me some. I've been craving bread. <laughs> it's so weird that there are certain things that have like taken off, you know, like just whatever, like bread making, like now you can't find yeast. Um, and just it's it, you never would have thought that that would be the thing <laughs> that's so funny and yeah. i guess it's really cozy and domestic too and we're all yeah home. and it's i think it's one of those things that a lot of people um want to do but mm -hmm. don't ever find the time to do and no. speaking of those types of things time. Yeah. I'll always eat the bread. I'm never going to make the bread. But <laughs> my thing, um, I hadn't, like in college, I took a lot of art classes and really liked charcoal sketching and all that kind of stuff. And I just hadn't done it in forever. And mm -hmm. I would play around on Pinterest and pin things that I thought looked cool, drawings and stuff. And during quarantine, resupplied myself with the basics to get sketching again. And mm -hmm. I'd like to think, like we were talking about earlier, that that's something that would continue even after mm -hmm. we get out of this phase that we're in. But that's been so nice just to have mm -hmm. something like that to do for myself. Don't ask me to yeah. show you any of the things I sketch because I've lost a lot of my skill in like 20 years. <laughs> but it's still a lot of fun. And it's yeah. just for me. Yeah. So it could be anything like cooking or sketching or uh paint by number those things are or valuable. even like doing puzzles and things yeah like that. yeah it doesn't have to be creative in the sense that it artistic or whatever exactly good yeah. point i'm glad you said that and it's not necessarily either that um you're trying to um fill up your time it's also and it's, and it's not even about the end result it's when you do things for yourself like that, especially things that are making something, whether it's bread or your whatever it is you're doing, often in the process of doing those things, you get some really valuable time in your head to kind of recuperate and mm -hmm. feel more positive about things. And if it's a very creative pursuit, like if you start writing for yourself or drawing or something like that, maybe playing a musical instrument or if you're going to learn a new language or whatever, it can also just be good for your overall mental health and your ability to do your normal stuff better mm -hmm. and more creatively. Yeah. I think I'm just going to go out on a limb and say research has shown, because I think I've read it one time <laughs> that when your brain stays engaged with things outside of your normal job in a healthy way, it makes you better at your job. And that makes sense. Yeah. But I'd also like caution about like, don't, um, when you said learning a new language or playing an instrument, this is what- Training made, for a marathon. <laughs> right. This is what made me think of that. It's like, don't stress yourself out over it. Exactly. Like, don't like, yes. it's something that it's not supposed to be. So- Bake the bread and just sit and eat it and don't do right. anything else. And don't worry about if it's perfect or not. Or, yeah. do, or like if you say, well, creative, I'm going to learn to play the piano. 
well, then you're sort of setting yourself up for failure again. <laughs> you're setting yourself up to just add stress, honestly. Right. Because that's a big goal, right? Yeah. Just talked about small goals. So yes. Um, yeah. Learn the scales before you learn to play the piano. Exactly. When I, when I got my new set of charcoals, I realized very quickly I wasn't going to produce any masterpieces. I was just going to enjoy some time sketching. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I wasn't going to produce something I could hang on my wall. Right. Um, the last thing uh, Henry suggests is one that we've already talked about a lot, uh, taking time to connect with others. And yeah. I want to jump in right on that one because I have, and I know a lot of people do have this, you have family and friends scattered all over the world. And it can be really hard in the daily rush of life to stay connected to those folks. There are some people that you talk to all the time and there are some people that you maybe talk to once a year or whatever during this time it's become a lot easier to message email facetime people and just check in with them and see how things are going and reconnect a little bit because you do have that flex in your schedule yeah i mean easier in the sense of the finding the time to do it not in the, yeah because it, it was always possible not always, oh totally yeah not it was always possible. In, in the history of the world but um but you know months ago it was possible to do a zoom meeting with all your family we just didn't think about it and yeah it, was, it wasn't necessary right but but in some ways it was like this whole connecting with others we we weren't doing that before so I'd see my family once every, you know, couple years. I mean, not once every couple years, once or twice a year. Yeah. I mean, especially all together like that. Right. That would be once every couple years. So, um, but now it's every other week. <laughs> and yeah, well, it's a little weird because it's on video, um, but still it's pretty good. Same thing here. I used to have to make time to call my grandma in Illinois when I knew I would be driving across the mountain coming back um, home after a day of work because of the time difference. That was a great time to call her and I did not have any children around me or anything distracting me. I could just put on the Bluetooth and chat with her as I drove home. And it's been funny now that we're in a new situation. I can FaceTime her and show her my garden and things that she yeah, likes. Yeah, that's cool. That's yeah, so yeah. there are opportunities like that that we maybe didn't make the time for. I think this whole experience, like you were saying, Patty, has made us understand what's actually possible that we didn't think was possible before we were in this situation. Mm -hmm. That we do have the time to connect and the means to connect. Yeah. And it's just about making that time. So we've talked about several things, um, some practical suggestions. We've just kind of uh, delved into a little bit of the psychology of this whole situation. Is there anything else, Patty, that we think we should? Yeah, I think we, we covered, covered it pretty well. well. I would say um, just like this article ends, the, the key thing is to stay realistic and hopeful and don't buy into the whole idea that this is forever and we're somehow trapped. This is an opportunity just like everything else. It will come and go just like everything else does. And we will eventually come out on the other side with some things different and some things the same. Mm -hmm. Yep. 
feels like an anticlimactic way to, to end, but um, if you have any ideas for things that you'd like us to delve into or talk about or interesting articles that you've run across out there in our listening audience, we hope that you will share those with us. You can email those to Patty or to myself. You can tweet us at UVA underscore finance on Twitter. Um, we'd love to hear from you, whether those topics are COVID pandemic related or <laughs> not. Um, but until next time, we hope that you stay well and stay safe and stay connected. Thank you. Bye.